the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Joining us now is Speaker Newt Gingrich. Mr. Speaker, thank you for taking the time to join us. Our audience loves hearing from you. Mr. Speaker, I want to pick off, uh, pick up right where you said something on the Sean Hannity program, where you said that we are entering generations of bitterness. What did you mean by that, Mr. Speaker? Well, we have crossed a threshold where left-wingers aren't just going after President Trump. As you know, in the Fulton County case, they've indicted 18 other people, many of them just innocent local citizens. Uh, Across the country, there's an attack on conservative uh, justices of the Supreme Court that's a coordinated project. Uh, There are efforts to go after people who are totally decent citizens, who who became alternative electors, something which, by the way, when Al Gore's people did it in Florida in 2000, nobody thought it was inappropriate. It was exactly part of the American system. And yet here you have an innocent local person who, out of good government instincts, agreed to be an alternative elector, Mm -hmm. and suddenly they're in risk of being bankrupted. Everywhere you turn, the left is using the law as a weapon to try to destroy its opposition and to try to impose itself on the American people. And while it's doing it, it is protecting the corruption of Obama, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, uh, in ways that are astonishing. So I look at all this, and uh, this is the beginning. And, and uh, Henninger just wrote this this morning in the Wall Street Journal, that once these things start, you know, if a, if a left-wing district attorney can file a suit for no good reason in Fulton County, what's to stop a conservative district attorney in Wyoming from filing a suit against Liz Cheney for having violated the law with the January 6th committee? And then you're down this road of tremendously vicious, bitter destruction of people by using the law as a weapon. I I think this is the most serious, and I said this on Hannity, this is the most serious drift towards a constitutional crisis since the 1850s, which led to the Civil War. I mean, no one should underestimate how deep and how serious this crisis is. To hear you say that, Mr. Speaker, makes me pause because you're you're a teacher of history. You know, you are one of the most accomplished leaders in American politics over the last couple generations. But Mr. Speaker, sometimes I hear from people and they say, well, this is going to sort itself out, that there is a belief in kind of the inevitable landing of the plane, that cooler heads will prevail. I hear this from some people in the donor class. I'm sure you hear it too, Mr. Speaker. I'm, I'm not as bullish on that. I don't believe this. there's a guarantee that this is going to sort itself out. Is there? Well, look, as a historian, I've, I've written novels about uh, Washington and the Revolutionary War. I've written novels about the Civil War. And my answer is, yeah, it may sort itself out. Uh, Washington took 2,500 men across the Delaware on Christmas night uh, to help sort out the American Revolution. 
Uh, Lincoln went to Gettysburg and gave his Gettysburg address at the first National Military Cemetery, uh, where our largest battle had been fought with about 100,000 men on each side to sort it out. Uh, things don't just sort themselves out because, uh, this is, you know, this is not a PTA meeting. Uh, this is not a Rotary Club meeting. This is a struggle for power in the most complex and, most, and, and biggest economy on the planet. Huge amounts of money, $7 trillion a year currently being spent by the federal government. $7 trillion a year. Interest on the debt beginning to rival a trillion dollars a year just to pay interest. We're fighting over real power. Yes. And the exactly left right. came to understand, you know, the left came to understand in 2015 that for the first time in modern times, they had an opponent who was outside the game, an opponent who wasn't committed to playing along, and an opponent who potentially could wreck their entire corrupt system. And that's why starting in 2015, Donald Trump just drove them crazy. And they have gotten sicker ever since. So this generations of bitterness, I feel that, Mr. Speaker, and our audience does too, where they are creating, they're almost creating the prerequisite for the American right to seek revenge against the people that are doing this. I mean, I'll just use one person, for example, Rose Rook, an alternate elector in Michigan. She's 81 years old, Mr. Speaker. She's a patriot. She's one of the sweetest people you could meet. She signed this piece of paper, and now Dana Nessel, the Michigan attorney general, it's not just trying to bankrupt her, but put her in jail for the rest of her life because she signed a piece of paper. And so. It's crazy. It, it is it's literally crazy. crazy. Yeah. And what makes it and what makes it crazier is they do everything they can to protect Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, uh, Barack Obama, yes. Hunter Biden. So you, you find yourself almost like a movie that has two frames. One frame is destroy the conservatives, and the other frame is protect the corrupt liberals. And they're both going on some – I tell people it's like we're riding two roller coasters. Mm. Uh, you know, there's, there's the get Trump roller coaster, and there's the protect the corrupt left roller coaster, and we find ourselves on both. Yeah, there's a phrase, anarcho-tyranny. It doesn't totally apply to this, but it's similar where it's, it's contradicting realities that are colliding, where they will cover up all the crimes of one political right. party – and they will seek out and concoct crimes of a, of a different political party. So, Mr. Speaker, some people running for the presidency, I don't mean to pick on him, but Mike Pence says we need to trust the justice system. Do you still trust the American legal system? Look, I like Mike Pence a lot. I've known Mike for many, many years. I think that's a delusional statement. Uh, I mean, I, I don't see how you can look. And I'd say this to Mike if he was here. I, I don't see how you could look at what's going on with Hunter Biden, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, at the degree to which Barack Obama has corrupted both the intelligence community and the Justice Department. And I don't see how you could look at these four indictments of Donald Trump and the indictments of all these innocent citizens who did, I want to repeat, who did exactly what Al Gore's electors did. This is nothing new. There's nothing illegitimate. Uh, there was a report on the fact that um, the Democratic nominee in Georgia for governor, said 30 times that Kemp didn't win the election. Now, Stacey Abrams hasn't been indicted, but 30 different occasions she said he didn't win the election. Well, why why is it a crime if Trump thought he didn't lose, but it's not a crime if Stacey Abrams thinks she didn't lose? I mean, this is the kind of totally dishonest system 
which is going to drive people nuts, and it's really dangerous for the country. It is driving people nuts, and I'm afraid, Mr. Speaker, if we as the figures in the media, the people that have audiences aren't clear about the proper course of action, that this is going to get wildly out of control in a way that right. people will act, you know, I, I, I don't want them to act violently. I don't. I'm trying to preach peace as much as possible. But, Mr. Speaker, you know history. It's, they're, they're, it's almost like they're being provoked, and I don't like that. And Yeah, well, I, look, that, that was the whole purpose of Biden's speech in Philadelphia with the Marines standing there and the lighting that resembled the, the Empire Strikes Back uh, was to provoke conservatives into doing the kind of things that would justify applying martial law. Mr. Speaker, can you just elaborate on what you were saying? Joe Biden speaks in Philadelphia, ranked by two Marines, you know, flanked by two Marines. Are we living through an intentional provocation campaign? Yes, I, I think there's no question that the Democrats, Biden and the rest of them, are doing everything they can to goad us and to push us. And there's a, there's a smugness. Uh, and I think it starts with Barack Obama. I, I was really influenced by Andy McCarthy's book, Ball of Collusion, which he wrote uh, back in 2019, where he ties in very directly what Obama did to corrupt the intelligence community, the FBI, the Justice Department. Hillary Clinton took advantage of that. And one of the things I'm urging the House Republicans to do is to subpoena all of the records of the Clinton Foundation, Mm -hmm. which involves probably 30 or 40 times more money than the Bidens. I mean, the, the Clintons thought big when, yep. they, when they when they stole, they stole a lot. Uh, and so here's poor Joe Biden from Delaware, and he's hanging out at the beach thinking to himself, you know, I mean, if the Justice Department's going to protect me anyway, and if Hillary has pioneered stealing on a grand scale, why not me? And so he says to his poor drug-addicted son, you know, you have a real future. You could be a bag man. Uh, they probably watched, you know, they probably watched reruns of The Sopranos, thought to themselves, we could do this. Uh, and I mean, the, the, no reasonable person can argue that money came from Kazakhstan, Ukraine, Russia, Romania, and China because Hunter Biden was really smart. The, th- the truth, and he himself said and wrote that he was a drug addict for a large part of this period. If his name had been Hunter Smith, he wouldn't have gotten a dime. And it's clear what was happening. His dad was not just taking care of him. His dad was taking care of the whole family. Remember, we already have at least one transaction in which money comes in, about $3.5 million from the widow of the mayor of Moscow, and it gets divided up among the family. I mean, it's sort of like, you know, Joe's taking care of everybody. So his uh, his his daughter-in-law gets 35 grand. Somebody else gets an amount. Somebody else. I think they had like nine or 10 people. We're all getting, they're all eating off the trough. And then we're supposed to be told, oh, there's not anything really wrong going on. I mean, it's delusional. Meanwhile, you turn around and there happen to be four indictments. And by the way, I think the Atlanta indictment is the most egregious, the most absurd. I mean, the idea that Rudy Giuliani, who as a young deputy U.S. attorney, and then as a young district, rather, attorney in New York City for the federal government, he used the RICO Acts. He understood the RICO Acts. He helped write the RICO Acts. The idea that this thing, which was specifically designed for the mafia and for drug dealers, is now being used to go after the former mayor of New York, uh, it's just, you, you couldn't write a novel in which these things happen. And by the way, these guys are, are so arrogant that they're stupid.
So Weiss, who is a terrible lawyer, uh, who has pathetically mishandled uh, the the Hunter Biden case, suddenly gets promoted to be the special uh, investigator, elevated, you know, despite everything he's done wrong already. The reaction, he's elevated on Friday. The reaction is so bad on Friday that I am told, this is hearsay, but I am told by a reliable source that Friday evening, somebody from Washington called the district attorney in Atlanta and said, you have to indict on Monday. We have to cover up all of the mistakes we just made with Weiss. And she said, apparently, my jurors aren't coming back till Tuesday. And they said, you didn't hear me. You have to indict on Monday. And she said, well, that's going to get here before noon. They said, it doesn't matter. She said, this, this means it's going to be eight or nine or 10 o'clock at night. They said, it doesn't matter. We need the so news media who, shifting who, who off of that Weiss. phone call? We don't know. And I'm, and I'm telling you up front, this is hearsay, but it's from a person who has remarkably I, good I, I sources. I totally believe it, though, because that would explain why they leaked and they messed up on the clerk document, why she was exhausted <laughs> and why they had the 11 p.m. press conference, Mr. Speaker. Can you well? Can you imagine? I was what you know. Hannity conned me into coming out and sitting in the truck with him for two hours, which is I'm, I'm you know when it was it was ridiculous. But anyhow, because we're trying to figure out what the hell you know what's what's going on, and so I'm out there with him, and it suddenly hit me. She'd already released the charges that the jury was going to vote on before the jury voted on them. So if you had any doubt about how totally rigged this was. You knew that this is this is entirely a left-wing Democratic district attorney who has manipulated the grand jury. As you know, there's the old saying that, that a grand jury can indict a ham sandwich yeah. if that's what the prosecutor wants. Well, in her case, they were so clumsy. And this followed how clumsy they were with Weiss on Friday. So on Monday, they're equally clumsy. There are no laws. There's just our team and their team. And only one is going to win. This is super important. We're here with... Speaker Gingrich, so here I am, Mr. Speaker, watching MSNBC, and it's 9 p.m., and it's 10 p.m., and it's 11 p.m., and my wife, and we're on the West Coast, so we have a little bit of a time advantage, and so my wife says, why are they doing this at night? She's like, this is not even good for ratings, and I said, there's something more to the story here, and Mr. Speaker, what you're building out is that somebody from D.C. called Fulton County and said, get it done, so just finish that thought, Mr. Speaker. Well, I think what people have to understand is none of this stuff is happening by accident. You've had a consistent, steady manipulation of the law at every level in order to tie it into the news media. So they were getting beaten up on Friday badly because the appointment of Weiss as a special counsel was so stupid, so indefensible, that even places like the New York Times would begin to break a little bit and say, you know, I don't know that I can defend this. And so they needed a new story. And their news story was going to be Fulton County. But but remember this. They release the charges before the jury votes. Now, that should tell everybody how totally rigged this is. And the charges are absurd. It's 44 pages of baloney. I mean, a, a Fulton County district attorney is making allegations about other states outside her jurisdiction. Uh, it makes no sense at all, but nothing about this makes sense. I mean, one of one of Jack Smith's major charges in D.C. is an 1870 Ku Klux Klan law. Now, I mean, do you realize how nuts you have to be to charge a former president of the United States under an 1870 law designed to break the Ku Klux Klan in South Carolina? 
And this stuff goes on all the time. And there is no law. I keep, when I'm on these shows with lawyers, I keep saying to them, why do you pretend we're dealing with the law? We are dealing with power. And those who have power are willing to use it ruthlessly and willing to break every rule if that will destroy Trump and if it will help them protect their own. You know, I got in this debate recently. It was a spirited conversation with a former DOJ guy. He spent his whole life admirably practicing law, Mr. Speaker. And he said, no, 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 the rule of law will prevail. He said, and I I said, respectfully, that country doesn't exist anymore. It used to. You you had a great career and and you swore an oath to a constitution. But Mr. Speaker, I, I, I find this with some of the people that go on cable TV and they say, oh, well, you know, here's the strengths of the indictment and the weakness. I said, it's all it's all a fraud. You're giving it too much legitimacy. Mr. Speaker, yeah, I'm actually I'm, I'm, I'm writing a book right now on the four indictments, because when you take them together and then you put on the other side, Hillary Clinton, Barack Obama and Joe Biden and Hunter Biden, you realize how deeply corrupt this country has become and how they're, they're basically prepared to destroy the law in order to destroy uh, uh, Donald Trump. I mean, that, yes. that's what it comes down to. Yes. They are willing to the destroy constitutional the rule of law. tradition, the tradition of the Constitution. Right. They're willing to throw out everything post 1787 and 1791 to destroy a single presidential candidate. Right. And we have and we do have the one thing that's absolutely vital. We still have an election. Yes. I, I, I'm, I've been talking with various people. <clears throat> I believe this will be the highest turnout election in American history. And I think that what they're doing is alienating the entire middle uh, and that Donald Trump will be dramatically stronger than he was in either 16 or 20, because there are a lot of people who may not be for Trump, but they're for the Constitution. Oh, they're a- for the rule of law. No, I, I think that is that's the only argument, because, you know, I hear from moderate Republicans. I hate Trump. I hate Trump. But it framed up. Do you think he's being treated poorly? Oh, yes. Anybody on the center right, anybody in the middle, they can acknowledge that this is a, you could use whatever phrase you want, Rubicon, a precedent that we never said. I do want to ask you, Mr. Speaker, you are a master historian. In American history, have we ever seen the government use the law against a political dissident in so many different places, different jurisdictions, in lockstep harmony with what we're living through right now? Have we ever seen anything close to this? Yeah, there was a very brief period in the 1790s when the Federalists passed the Alien and Sedition Acts and were trying to lock up Jefferson's supporters, it collapsed totally. People repudiated it. The whole, it was part of what destroyed the Federalist Party. But about, about a year and a half, two-year period there. This was, remember, there's a French Revolution going on. Yes. There are all sorts of things happening. Uh, and then at the end of World War One, the Wilson yes. administration went crazy, and you had what was called the Red Scare, and they locked up people. They did put... Uh, former uh, socialist candidate for president in jail for for, uh, for for what he had said because he was anti-war, and they, they locked him up. Uh, that's the only other time I can think of where you've had this kind of effort, and that collapsed. And by the way, in both of those cases, the lesson the American people took was that they would not tolerate the rule of law being broken by politicians uh, in their political fights. And in both cases, the lawbreakers were severely punished electorally and uh, in seven in, in eighteen hundred Jefferson becomes president, uh defeating Adams who had passed the Alien and Sedition Act. And in nineteen twenty the Republicans won a gigantic landslide, repudiating Wilson's approach. 
Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. So, Mr. Speaker, this is the debate then on the right. And I'll tell you where I where I land, which is, okay. which is, is it time to start indicting them? I say yes. I say that we need to start to make some of these Democrats be investigated. However, you're also saying, wait, hold on, we have an election, which is the ultimate referendum on this. And I'm not even suggesting we should push the boundaries of the interpretation of the law. But, Mr. Speaker, i got to be honest, it bothers me at a fundamental level when I watch MSNBC and they're gleeful. They're, they're joyful when they see these indictments. They feel as if they are the untouchable. So how should we right. think about that? Well, first of all, I think Speaker McCarthy is exactly right. We need to expand into an impeachment inquiry, and let me explain why. An impeachment inquiry gives the House uh, an ability to ask a lot more questions of a lot more people and issue a lot more subpoenas. I think phase one of this, and this is one of the lessons of what happened to Nixon and what did not happen, for example, with either Trump or with uh, Bill Clinton. I mean, you can impeach in the House if you have a majority, uh, but it doesn't go anywhere in the Senate. And in both cases, they were, in a sense, vindicated because the Senate wouldn't convict them. Uh, I think that what you want to do first and what happened to Nixon, it took about a year and a half, but gradually you want to draw all this out. That's why I'm ad- I'm absolutely adamant that the Republicans in the House have to uh, issue subpoenas for all the financial records of the Clinton Foundation, which will begin to move us in the right direction. Frankly, they should issue subpoenas for the 51 uh, intelligence officials who signed a totally false letter about Hunter Biden's yes. laptop. I mean, I, I think you're right, but I think our our interest should be calmly and methodically no, to I apply hear you. I, the law. I, I'm not. I, no, and I, I appreciate that because I'm not a calm and methodical guy. Because I'm I'm sick of seeing 81 year old. <laughs> no, I'm just being honest. And you need all parts of a party, right? You need the activist energy, right. and so. But then let's focus on the election, which, Mr. Speaker, I do believe that this election is one of the. It's one of the bigger than candidate elections we've ever seen. We don't see that every. Yep. If I were to, 2020 was a mess. One of the brilliant kind of, let's just say, designs that the Democrats did is they turned it into almost an election of a referendum, a vote of no confidence, if you will, right? Bigger than right. Trump. Are you tired? Of, it's almost, are you exhausted? Vote for Biden. Or are you exhausted? Vote for Biden. I don't think they're going to be able to pull that off. Now, as far as the mail-in ballots, I do see Republicans, including our advocacy organization, Turning Point Action, getting involved in early voting. And I think that is going to increase our chances and actually embracing voting month. We also have no labels that might be on the ballot in Cornell West, which could make things unpredictable and very interesting. But, Mr. Speaker, you think that this will be the most turnout we've ever seen. Traditionally, 
the kind of prevailing orthodoxy is that would help Democrats. Why do you think that would actually help Donald Trump? Well, it helps Trump because starting in 2016, he switched the Roosevelt coalition. If you're a high school graduate, you're probably for Trump. If you're an, an Ivy League you know, PhD, you're probably for Biden. That is an exact reversal of a half century of American politics. And every evidence we have is that Trump is getting stronger. Uh, and the more the more they persecute him, you know, they're turning him from a political figure into a national historic figure. Uh, I mean, he's much more like Alexander Solzhenitsyn yes. or Nelson Mandela. He's, he's a political leader that being persecuted by the establishment. Yes. That changes everything. Because the, the, what I say to Republicans who don't like Trump is simple. You're going to have a choice. You can vote to sustain the corruption or you can vote to break the corruption. There's no third choice. Now, if you're willing to give up America and have it become a totally corrupt third world banana republic, vote for Biden. Or if you really believe that America's future is at stake, then whether you like Trump or not, he is the only alternative to the corruption. And I think that's what this is going to come down to. I think that's so smart. I'm going to tell President Trump he has to write the MAGA archipelago. So <laughs> that's a great line. That is a great line. Thank you. Um, you feel free to use it. So you, you said something also fascinating, Mr. Speaker. You said that if even if Trump is actually serving prison time, it should not matter. This is another objection I get from some Republican donor types who I think really mean well. I want to say they, they don't necessarily have the spine I wish they would have, but they want to see America saved. They're not trying to actively destroy the country, but they're terrified, Mr. Speaker. They say he's going to be in jail. We must seek other options. How should we think about that? Well, first of all, there aren't other options. He's going to be the nominee by March 6th, right after the California primary. And that's just a fact. Second, uh, the country will be in a rage. My prediction is if they forget jail, if they actually get him in a court, you're going to have 15 or 20 million surrogates who volunteer to be local Trumps to go campaign for him because he can't campaign. I mean, these these people have created a nightmare for themselves. They have invented a figure bigger than Donald Trump. And that's what Donald Trump has grown into. Uh, he didn't do it. They did it. And he's now, I think, one of the great historic figures in American life. That's for certain. And I just want to reiterate, you're right. They are going to create a rage and a nightmare. They're going to do everything they can to try to make MAGA seem like domestic violent extremists. This is the part of their playbook. That's right. You, have, you can't take the bait. You have to peacefully advocate. But I That's pray right. you're right, Mr. Speaker. If this country still has the guts, I think it does. If this country still has the gusto that I think it does. If this country still has the decency that I think it does. I refuse. Yeah, please. Finish my thought. No, yeah. A lot of people, starting with the British Empire, uh, Nazi Germany, uh, Soviet Russia, have all thought that they would bury us, and we haven't been buried. And we now have a group of corrupt left-wingers who think they can lie to us, manipulate us, distort us, and that we'll somehow roll over and let them dominate. They're in for an enormous shock. Boy, I pray you're right. So, Mr. Speaker, I also believe this will be the most technical election in American history, where it matter, the boring stuff matters more than ever before. Early voting, voter registration. You, you have been a leader on this, uh, speaking out. Please uh, elaborate for our audience. Look, the times have changed, and the Republican Party has to change with it, and the consultant class has to change. If you have, as we did in Pennsylvania, 
60% of the vote cast before October 1. It makes no sense to hoard all your money for advertising in October because yep. you already lost a chance to affect 60% of the people. Uh, Glenn Youngkin did a great job of turnout. And by the way, as one of the great experiments this fall in Virginia, Glenn Youngkin's focused on trying to win Senate and House seats in the Virginia legislature. Uh, and he's doing all the right things. Early, early voting, canvassing people, yes. getting them to turn out. Uh, we just and I just got a great briefing from the Republican National Committee on their Bank the Vote project. Uh, we are learning, we are adjusting in a way, in a funny way. The the elections of 2020 and 22 may have been a wake up call, and we may be a dramatically better and more effective party than when we go into 24. You know, there is. I'm not a country music fan, but there is a country music song that says, "Thank God for unanswered prayers." I think it's Garth Brooks. Yes which is he was actually talking about a high school sweetheart that he didn't get a chance to marry. And then he met her 15 years later at his high school reunion. <laughs> and in some ways, we maybe we have to say, thank God for the unanswered prayer that we didn't have a red wave in the midterms, Mr. Speaker. I think that's right. That, that would have told us we're OK. What it did is it was like cold water. We woke up and said, OK, we have to roll our sleeves up. And then, frankly, the Democrats, by being so ruthless, so illegal, so obvious, and frankly, increasingly sloppy, uh, have now taught the country lessons that the country didn't want to learn, didn't want to believe was true. And now that you have no choice but to face it. And I think this will be a remarkable turning point. And look, I have enormous faith in the American people. Uh, we have a national conversation. We talk to each other at every level. And ultimately, over the last 250 years, we have been pretty darn good at learning and at coming back. And, you know, Cliss and I are doing a new series called Journey to America, where we're interviewing first-generation immigrants and why they came here. Henry Kissinger is one of them. And what they've done is legal immigrants to improve America. They all come here because this is an amazing country. They don't all rush off to Russia or China or Venezuela or Cuba. They come here. And I think that amazing country will once again renew itself, revitalize itself, and purge itself of those who are corrupt and destructive. Final question then, Mr. Speaker, what, what remains your biggest concern then, the biggest impediment for the right for victory ahead of November of 2024, something we can isolate, focus on, and fix? Learn to focus on attracting every American of every background, Democrat, Republican, independent, black, white, yellow, brown, I don't care. Every American who shares our common commitment to the Constitution and the rule of law and get all of them together as a huge, huge popular voting army and not get off on Republican sectarian politics of are you really pure enough or why weren't you here 12 years ago? Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.